Thank you for listening to the show. I hope it inspires you and expands your view of what's possible in your journey of wealth creation. My hope is that through repeated exposure to the ideas and the guests you will find here, your view of finance will change for the better. With that said, there's an important caveat that must be stated. The opinions you will hear on this show are just that, opinions. Please don't misconstrue any of what you're about to hear as legitimate financial advice. Do your own research and don't take anything at face value. Understand that everything you hear on this show is someone else's experience that may or may not work for you. I don't know you, I don't know your situation, so I can't tell you what to do. But I can tell you that the one goal of this podcast is to make you richer, wealthier, and ultimately more fulfilled as a human. I'm glad you're here. Please rate it, review it, share it with the people in your world that matter. And without further ado, enjoy the show. All right, friends. What's up? Hope you're having a great Monday. Um, if you're watching this and you're watching it live, do me a favor and tell me where you're watching it from. If you're watching this and you're watching the recording, do me a favor and tell me where you're watching it from on the recording and then throw in a little hashtag replay. What's up, Sam? And what a crazy seven days it has been. I hope that everybody is safe and I hope everyone's okay. Uh, what's up, Bijou? What's up, Matthew? Um, let's talk for a little bit about just the state of the state and what is going on in uh, the world. You probably already know this, but um, the SWIFT removal is uh, in process. I believe I heard that the, um, the Russian Central Bank was not going to be opening today. Uh, let's talk just about the markets as a whole. It's going to be interesting to see what this does to Bitcoin, uh, simply because the only way to get money in and out of, you know, to assume Russia, Ukraine right now is is Bitcoin. I think $15 million of Bitcoin was funded uh, into Ukraine, the war efforts. It's going to be a, and I don't mean to make this just all about the money. It's going to be a, uh, have a legitimizing effect for cryptocurrency. I think right now, looking at, at Bitcoin, it's up to 4,100. Ethereum's at 2,800 right now. Um, oil prices are about to get nasty, just so you guys know. And I don't say that to scare you or to freak you out. It's like, you kind of need to know what's coming. Oil's about to be intense. Um, America doesn't really have its own oil production. We do. We're not maximized the way that we need to be uh, to take on something uh, like Russia kicking America out of the ability to purchase oil. So let's talk about what do you do in a bear market? Bear markets are historically incredible times to make investments. I was listening to somebody who is, I would consider a savant in the space of investing in small businesses, large businesses, and ultimately what has you know, made um, the S&P lifters successful. And he was mentioning that if you look through history, there are times that present great buying opportunities. And unfortunately, this would represent uh, an amazing buy opportunity. And what should you do? You should probably not change anything about your investment strategy. If you've been dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin, continue to do so. If you've been dollar cost averaging into uh, the S&P or the ETFs, you should continue to do so. The problem that people incur upon themselves is when they get emotional about downturns like this, and they end up selling and locking in losses over the long haul. And so a bear market is traditionally referred to as a 20% or more reduction in general market indexes. If you look at the Dow Jones or the S&Ps or you know, any of the main indexes, and you look at a two-month deterioration of market value, you can say safely that we're in a bear market. Now, the best thing that you can do when you're in a bear market is to accumulate uh, more assets, simply because what goes up must come down, but what goes down typically must also come back up. And so the key, in my opinion, nobody can time the markets, nobody can really be 100%, is if you look at the, um, not intraday, but if you look at a week-by-week uh, candlestick on the S&Ps, you can typically get a sense for where the momentum of the market is 
headed. And right now, to be honest, nobody has any clue where the market's going. We think we have hypotheses, we have best guesses, but when there's destabilization on a global scale, we're in unprecedented territory. Then never before have we siloed a freaking country. And really, you know, it's like never before have we had this level of, call it propaganda, if you would like, and not being able to determine what is real or what is false. And so I want to explain some techniques that will allow you to make money in a bear market. If you're comfortable with me teaching you this, please do me a solid. Go into the comments and say, yes, please. By the way, if you're listening to this on a podcast, we have a resource group. You can go to levelsofwealth.com slash group, and it will take you to the resource group where you can get these uh, sooner than later. Levelsofwealth.com slash group will take you right there. All right, let's talk about some tactics that can be deployed to profit inside of a bear market. This is this idea, first and foremost, I'm going to start right at the top with the most basic. And um, like all good strategies, when you hear them, the temptation is to be like, oh, that's it. It's, you're not going to give me some like crazy, crazy tactic. Like you're not going to teach me how to how to read the pin bar handle. Like, no, no, no. The number one tactic that can be deployed is lasering in on good companies in bad times. A bad company in good times, not a good investment. Not a good investment. A bad company in a good time sometimes can look like a good company. But when you start diving in, you realize it's actually not a good company. It's a bad company. It's just the times are good. And so it's easy to produce profit. It's easy to create revenue. It's easy to take market share. What you want to be able to identify are good companies in bad markets. During a bear market, your good companies reduce in value, your bad companies reduce in value. And the only difference is that a bad stock is going to be uh, almost impossible to recover while a good stock or a good company is going to bounce back and uh, capture their value again quickly. So the way that you want to review these is really looking at historic growth. You want to be able to look at moats inside of a business people sometimes it's laughable though they'll, they'll get into arguments with me on Twitter or wherever and they'll be like, man, Tesla's not a good company. It's going down. It's like, you are so stupid. You can't look at moats. When you look at Tesla and you look at the not only the the technological and the engineering prowess that Tesla has demonstrated, by the way, you guys ever driven like the Porsche Taycan or like some of these other electric vehicles? And then you get in a Tesla and you realize real quickly like the differential and engineering power. And I, I love Porsches. It's just, it's a joke. The people who hate on Tesla or who are Tesla bears, they've just never driven a Tesla. But you want to look at the moats that a company has. What's their balance sheet look like? What's How are their reserves in terms of how much cash they have? And, you know, Zoom, for example, is you know, doing some study and some research on Zoom. Zoom is a good company in a bad time. You might be like, well, why is it a bad time? Because Zoom really rose to the top in the middle of the pandemic. And now we're not in a pandemic really anymore. So Zoom is bottoming out a little bit. They have $4.5 billion cash on hand. And the Zoom tech team is like second to none. They're very methodical. Good company, bad times. Here's another thing that you can look for is, is diving into the dividend-producing stocks. When you buy real estate, one of the hedges you have in real estate is that a real estate, a good piece of property, will pay you even if the value of the property goes down. Now, there's some weird there's some weird shit happening right now with real estate. I'll be the first to tell you. I am not happy with the single-family real estate market at the moment. If you follow my work for a while, you know, I've always been a proponent of single-family real estate. I, got my, I cut my teeth in single-family in 2012, 2013. We've bought a lot of deals. And uh, what we're seeing right now is just such an epic squeeze on the supply that it's almost impossible to find properties that fit inside of any sort of human buy box. It's nuts. But when you do get real estate, even if you 
not upside down, but if you've not made a lot of profit because the market tanks, then you have cash flow that comes from them. Dividend stocks are similar in that when the stock price is down, but the firm continues to pay dividends, it can indicate a buying opportunity because you're layering in risk mitigation on your stock purchase. Here's another thing that people don't think about is looking into bond ratings for different companies. So oftentimes in a bear market, it can be a sign of uh, economic conditions that are in, not favorable to investors. And a bond rating will show you which companies are kind of stuck in debt, which are managing debt profitably. And the rating is handled typically by an independent bond rating firm. Now, if you want to know what happened in 2008, it's that the bond that the rating firm sold out for profit. People are like, man, Taylor, what about the 2008 housing crash? Well, it wasn't really a housing crash, my friends. It was dirty, corrupt ratings companies and banks were underrating and blending in risk ratings knowing that the uh, security underneath and the assets pro providing protection were faulty assets. Anyways, this is where you heard like, you know, AAA rating and Moody's or Standard & Poor's. These are independent bond rating firms that go in and they rate a, uh, they rate a company or a, or a security. So in 2008, this is what happened. They were taking AAAs, they were mixing them with Cs, and they were putting them all together. Here's another thing that you can do. And by the way, if you guys have questions about this, just begin to throw them in the chat. I'll hit them. Another thing that you can do is, is properly diversify the things that you buy. So here's an example of that. When you look at uh, people who are investing in crypto, in crypto and tech, seem to be interwoven. When you have a portfolio that's got a bunch of tech stocks and it's also got a bunch of crypto, you have a, a problem in, in the sense that there's no inverse correlation going on in the underlying assets themselves. They tend to rise and fall a bit together. And that may change in the future. We may have massive decoupling. Yeah, but when Bitcoin is up, Tesla seems to be up. And when it's down, Tesla seems to be down. And you've got your other tech firms. So what you want to look at is you want to look at the stocks or the companies. They produce really good profits when an economy is booming. And then you want to layer them in with cyclical stocks that you know might be actually the inverse of the original stock. So there's defensive stocks and there's growth stocks. So there's the things that you invest to for defense or invest in for defense. There are things that you invest in for growth potential. You want to make sure that you keep your percentage allocation properly like dialed in. You want to make sure that you have enough defensive investments so that when the market does tilt, you aren't losing all of your capital or all of your income potential because of that. Now, by the way, it's an important caveat here. I'm not a financial advisor. You have no obligation to listen to me. You should actually not take anything that I'm saying seriously. You should just ignore it. Uh, I don't know why you're even listening to me, but lucky you, you're here. Here's another opportunity is uh, shorting the news cycles. You can also use call options and things of that nature. But what I've found, and I'm learning from a fire mentor right now who has really developed a, a level of acuity for reading the news cycles and going in and being able to invest in options based on the momentum swings of a trade. And you, you got to be careful on this, though, if you don't have the time to do this. This will be a mistake if you don't have the time to do this. Let me go through a couple of other bits of news that I think are important, and then we can go from there. Um, I'm sorry, you were dreaming about the Taycan. I'm sorry, it's just not a Tesla. It's not a Tesla. It will never be a Tesla. And I think we were talking about moats when I mentioned that. You know, Tesla, the supercharger network that Tesla has, billions of dollars represented 
and actual infrastructure that are piping in solar power into electrical grids for the Tesla vehicles. I think one of the things that the Biden admin is trying to do is get some regulation wrapped around like a, a standard charging protocol so that everybody can use the same network, which I know I'm sure Elon is going to be fine with, but you got to rep, you've got to recognize the significant advantage to Tesla that the supercharger network is. And if you don't recognize that, it just means you can't read. A couple of other things to pay attention to is commodities, oil prices, gas. We've been talking about electric vehicles for a while, but now is a hell of a time to continue and double down on the investment uh, that is electric vehicle technology, electrical vehicle production, because of, and this is another example of swinging with the news, because of what's about to happen to oil and gas and energy, you have to assume that the cost of gasoline is going to rise and therefore the people's propensity to buy electric vehicle technology is going to also rise because they're going to, the more expensive gas is or fuel is, the cheaper it is perceptively like to buy an electric vehicle. And so that would be another example of why I'm buying more Tesla right now uh, simply because Tesla's the goat, it's the king. And as gas prices go out of control, we're going to see more people pushing in towards electric vehicles. Let me just read to you uh, some of these. In December, uh, houses spent 17 days on market. This is down substantially from the median of one and a half months during the years leading up to the pandemic. So typical um, house on market time, this is back to what I was talking about with real estate is your typical is 45, 50 days on market. In December, it was 17 days. U.S. home prices average hit all-time highs up 19% over the year before. It's absolute insanity. We also might be seeing right now the fall of a one world reserve currency. I'm not going to comment on uh, geopolitics at the moment, except to say this. Moving an entire country off of SWIFT, especially when they might have the backing or the ear of China, what we're seeing is they will probably end up wanting to develop their own form of trade and currency. And I know that you know, when, you, when people are in my Twitter right now, they're like, yo, Saudi Arabia, like the petrodollar's still there. Saudi Arabia is basically siding with Russia at the moment. Somebody asked the other day, like, what are you investing in? Freaking Bitcoin and Ethereum and Tesla, a little bit of Tesla. They're going to be fine. But this is probably one of the more significant world events that will uh, legitimize cryptocurrency as a valid comp competing unit against fiat uh, exchange. Anyways, and would you like me to do more of these? I think the team has me on the schedule to do these every once in a while. Was China and Russia will either use Bitcoin either or China's CBDC for their trading. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I posted a theory the other day on social. It's an interesting thing to think about. Russia can kicks the EU and the US off of, uh, or, or out of the running for being able to purchase oil experts. And then, you know, imagine Russia coming back and saying, you know, you can buy oil again, but you have to use ruble or gold or yeah, Bitcoin. It kind of, we, we shot ourselves a little bit in the foot when we turned off all of the energy independence projects that were running. All right. Well, happy Monday. Happy investing. It's important to keep your eye on the prize. And if you guys need anything at all, let me know. And uh, I'm going to tune out for now. Got some work to do, but we'll be back soon. All right. Adios, everybody.